We are back, and this time I am extremely, extremely excited because I have the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sender, Mr. <laughs> Sender, Mr. Sender. Robbie Sender, how are you, sir? I'm very well there, Mr. Lubins. Thank you for asking. Uh, you're very, very welcome. Now, tell me, um, the, 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 the St. Ambrose Live from the Hive community podcast is all about sharing our stories, sharing who we are, sharing how it is that we're getting through these topsy-turvy times. So the question I ask everybody is, how are you, mate? Well, um, under the circumstances, I'm doing extremely well. Do you, are you missing the kids? My kids? <laughs> your own personal yeah, children? Yeah, my own personal kids. Yes, I am actually. <laughs> I bet you are. Uh, but um, yeah, they're the kids that that's, when you said kids, that's the first thing that came to my mind is my kids, you know, they're all uh, on the other side of the border and, you know, and, for, and ones of course, you know, uh, the eldest one is uh, in Germany and uh, that, that's pretty difficult. Haven't seen them for a while. It is hard. It's it's separating every all, all families, isn't it? it? Certainly is. We have a, a, a line in the sand now, and uh, it's uh, it's a difficult it's a difficult one for so many people. But uh, look, you know, we get a chance to talk on the phone, and that that's kind of as as good as it gets, and it's what we have got to live with at the moment. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Have you how have you found the, the have you found a way or a method that you can use to stay a little bit sane? A little mantra, a daily ritual. Look, the only thing that um, that that helps me, and it's it's been my saviour uh, for uh, a few decades now. I won't disclose how many decades, but uh, a few. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to have um, an array of instruments that um, you know I can pick up, and uh, you know, and and that's what that's a big saviour. Being able to to you know draw upon. Uh, music, you know, to yeah, to just kind of chill out, and you know, I was only doing that last night. Actually, you know, had the opportunity, and I've always got a guitar set up, and I've got a few other instruments. But there's always a guitar set up, ready to go, and and that's a just a, a, an amazing thing. Most people, uh, and you're one of those people, Mike. You know, you've got guitars, you've got instruments around you. They're set up. They're ready to go. And that's the most important thing. If you can play a little bit or a lot, or you you know you're, you're good at it or not good at it, you're learning or you're you know professional. Most important thing is to have that instrument there, ready to go. I think having an instrument ready to go is is so important for me. Um, in my house, if there's not a room you can go into without one, and I'm sure yours is the same. I'm curious, for someone with as broad a musical experience, background and talent as yourself, do you, when you pick up a guitar, because you're sitting at home, do you, do you play like a cover? Do you play something that you know or do you just let, the, let your fingers do the work and pluck something out of the ether? Yeah, I, uh, it's a, that's a really good question. Um, whilst I you know, could probably rattle off a, a, you know, a thousand plus you know, covers and songs, I very rarely do that. Um, I always, you know, pick up because guitar's my main instrument. So the first thing I'll do is, you know, tune up. It's the most important thing. Make sure that the thing's in tune, um, and then I'll strum a chord and or play a phrase, and uh, 
from there I'll build I'll build a song. It's amazing how many amazing songs I've written that I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do that every time I play. I go, God, that's going to be a good song, and then I forget what it was all about. You know, <laughs> I'm the same. I, um, it's interesting you mentioned tuning up. There's too many people that have a guitar. Nothing drives me more crazy than when I go into someone's house and they have a nice guitar somewhere, mm. and you pick it up because guitarist we pick up every instrument we see and you play it and when it sounds out of tune you think oh you poor thing you've just been left here and you've been neglected are you okay it's like a it's like watching a, a, a hungry dog yeah, yeah. just you the, have to tune it up yeah the sick puppy oh come here well, i'll help you <laughs> yeah <laughs> come here. yeah so some people can't go into a house without patting a dog mm. other people can't go in without strumming a guitar well, look, and that's that's the thing with me too. Every time I go to someone's house, and if there's a guitar, I will pick it up. But it's the first thing that happens. I go, oh my goodness, this really needs to be tuned, you know. Um, and that's good. Yeah, making sure something's in tune. I've been mucking around lately with um drop. I, I don't know if it's drop D. It's it's certainly a drop D. It's uh, the Jose Gonzalez. Uh, do you know Jose Gonzalez? Uh, I'd say no, I don't off the top of my head. But I'd say you're just taking the E string down to D and I, leaving the rest. No, I'm not. Li- you're right. I am taking the E string down to D, and then I'm taking the G string down to an F sharp. But oh, then, okay. but then I put a capo on first fret. Right, and that's the quintessential Jose Gonzalez tuning. Right, and um, I'll I'll tune one up for you after this, actually. Mm. And it's amazing how melodic and how beautiful it sounds with just the right hand. Yeah, and then I, I imagine it's an open something tuning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with just the right hand, with a bit of a bass note and a bit, a bit of plucking with the, with the other three fingers, you can really create a bit of a run. And yeah. then I just muck around with a bass, a bass line. Yeah. And yeah, it's look, beautiful. Yeah. It's a gr- look, any of those um, open tunings, one of the, the, the more famous ones is called a dad-gad tuning. So you've got D-A-D-G-A-D. And um, it's an open tuning and uh, very, very famous tuning. Uh, and it's wonderful to play because uh, all of a sudden – the guitar is opened up, uh, it breathes because of all of the open strings and you can literally play some amazing, you know, you can just riff out, chill out, have something that sounds really cool uh, and you don't have to be very good to play with a dadgad tuning. You can come up with something relatively simple, even, even uh, you know, one finger, two finger type things and it's amazing how uh, the quality of the, the, the sound uh, you know, that the, you, what you can achieve, you know, the quality of the sound, you know, it's just so easy to achieve. It's really cool. This is Led Ze- a couple of Led Zeppelin songs, Absolutely. isn't there, with Dad Gad tuning? Yeah, Cashmere. Cashmere is is, yeah. is that? Yeah. Can you play Cashmere? I have worked Cashmere, but I actually didn't realise when I first worked out how to play it, I didn't realise it was in Dad Gad tuning. So I worked out how to play it in standard tuning. Wow. And so, you know, it was, it was always a little bit tricky, but um, anyway... It's what you do when you when you're not sure, you know. But then uh, I have I have had another crack at it with the dad gad tuning. Is it a lot easier? It is definitely easier, <laughs> and it you know, it sounds so much nicer, of course. Yeah. You know. Have you seen that? There's a documentary called "It Might Get Loud." It's um it's uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, the Edge yeah. from U2 and Jack White from yeah. the White Stripes, and they're have just sitting around talking about the electric guitar. Yeah, super cool. I've seen it. Yeah, it is good. Although I, you, 
I don't know if the Edge is a very good guitarist because you you watch what Jack White he's like a Jack Russell Terrier, and you have Jimmy Page playing Led Zeppelin, and then you have the Edge who's kind of like a bit of a sonic architect. Yeah, he's very much about the effects and the pedals, and for sure he actually takes the the Mickey out of himself a little bit where he's doing the the opening riff to that song Elevation that wow 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 wow, yeah, right. and then as he's playing it. He then d- turns off all the effects and says, well, this is what I'm actually playing. And it's just like, boom, boom. Exactly. Boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Do you know, um, talking about The Edge, I remember, um, um, you know, because he, he was, his sound was uh, made famous really by the digital, digital delay pedal. And, um, you know, back in the 80s when he first, um, you know, was coming out with all of that sort of stuff, I remember going, oh, man, I've got to get one of those digital delay pedals. And, you know, you'll get a chance to have a look at this uh, pedal board that I've got. And in my arsenal is that pedal, is that digital delay pedal. And it's amazing. You just, you know, you dial up these sounds um, and I can play some, you know, U2 riffs, dial up the sounds, and I sound exactly the same as the edge. So it's all the – you're right, it's that sonic, you know. Architecture. Sonic architecture, yeah, it's all about that. That's awesome. I have to say, when I first started at St. Ambrose, I um, I walked my children to – no, I was picking them up, I think, from one of your music lessons. I'll never forget this for as long as I live, at least I hope I never forget it. And you were teaching them – you had the band thing going on and you had the – some of the girls were singing a song. And the song finished and was and was over – and then, as children sometimes do, they they had a bit of a, they have a bit of a giggle into the microphone and things like that. And I'll never forget it because you said, um, "I know, I know what I said." Whatever, do you remember what yeah, you said? Yeah, because I say it all the time. Do you, would you want me to tell the rest of the story? No, I'm going to let you say it. But uh, yeah, it's, I, you, you you s- I think it was something along the lines of, "Sweetheart, you all sounded fantastic. What you did was great, but when the song finished." It needs to breathe. Yeah, you and didn't let it breathe. You didn't. I remember you saying that you didn't let it breathe because when a song finishes, it's an inhalation, and then it's up to the audience uh-huh. to exhale it and to give the round of applause and to and it's that's their moment to be part of the song. Yeah. And when you speak into the microphone or you do that little giggle at the end, you're depriving. Was it the audience or was it the song? Uh, the song. You know, because the song. Any time that I think you hear, you know, your favourite artist or your favourite song and you hear the band uh, finish it. So you, you go see a band or an artist and they're playing it live at the end of the song, which is what we call in, in musical terms the cadenza, okay, or the cadence. It's the final part of the song. And you'll, and you'll usually hear in music that there's a distinct... Um, there's a distinct set of chords which are the most famous. They've, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, Bach, you know, they, they were the, the, the masters of all of this. If it wasn't for, um, you know, those prolific composers, I don't know whether, you know, all of this would have happened, but it's the cadence. And pretty much 99% of music finishes on a type of cadence. And that cadence is what? creates the music to finish and everybody knows this is the end of the song we never ever have a moment where we go oh did that was that did that 
did they finish? No, there's always a distinct finish because of the chords, the cadences, you know, that's what makes a song finish. So when kids or when, you know, people are, are playing in a band or they're an artist, the most important thing, and it's, this is more so for kids because, you know, we're trying to teach those lovely minds, you know, to, to become professional. What we're trying to get them to do is understand that that part of the song is probably the most important because as it comes to an end, it's the final cadence. And at the end of the cadence, the song needs to breathe. I love that. It's so poetic. I, I have never heard anybody describe music that way. And f- to, w- to watch you describe that to a nine-year-old. Yeah, well, the was, kids, the kids get it, I think. Profound. Yeah, I think the kids get it too, you know. They go like, oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want, we want the kids to walk away going, oh, right, yeah, I get that. I have, a, I have a, such a wonderful uh, day on Fridays because I get a chance to work with, you know, our rock band and and uh, the choirs and the drum line. But I think the kids really appreciate the fact that when they're rehearsing, they feel like they're little rock stars, you know. Uh, and when they're in the choir and it's, um, you know, everybody's singing and they're, they're putting so much energy into it, you can see that they just love what they're doing. And you can tell they love what they're doing because at the end of the rehearsal they go, oh, can we stay a little bit longer? <laughs> I go, oh, I don't know. I'd like you to stay. I wish we could stay doing this. Yeah, me too, man. But I guess we have to let this breathe. Yeah, thank you. Anything you want to say? No. Adios, amigos. <laughs> <laughs>